All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's after three o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon is game day on Sports 1440. Orders back in action tonight trying to... uh, Get things turned around there in Carolina to take on the Hurricanes. Stuart Skinner back in between the pipes. Uh, some defense pairing changes, at least at the morning skate. Looks like uh, CeCe will be with Broberg. Uh, you'll have Kulak up with Darnell Nurse. Uh, Eckholm and Beauchard stay together. Fogel, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Kane, and Hyman are aligned. Matthias Janmark draws back in the lineup with McLeod and Ryan. And then you have Hamlin and Brown if they go uh, 11 forwards. If they go at 12th and DeHarnay comes out, uh, then it'll be Adam Ernie, most likely, uh, based on the uh, morning skate. So we shall see. Anyway, it is time for Who Is It Wednesday? And uh, where we sit down and uh, go a little bit in depth uh, about, uh, you know, not necessarily take a break from uh, from hockey, because, of course, we always have guests that, uh, are, you know, are hockey-related or football or different things. And always looking for uh, people in the sporting community. And our guest today... I think it's it's very timely. Um, uh, obviously, uh, when we booked this, I didn't know it became even more timely when I saw the announcement yesterday. Uh, so that made it uh, even more special. Uh, but our guest today is uh, none other than uh, Mike Stelter. Of course, uh, his son Ben became uh, a huge fan favorite. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Ben lost his life uh, way too young. Uh, they have the uh, Ben Stelter Memorial Fund. We have Hockey uh, uh, Conquers Cancer Game next Tuesday. So it's very fitting to have... Mike on the show today. Mike, how are you, my man? How you doing? 
Hey, I'm doing good. I feel like I'm a little bit of a letdown for who is it Wednesday, but I appreciate the hype. <laughs> Dune, uh, far from it. Far from it. I love in-depth interviews. I want people that everybody know about. I think they know your story. They know Ben's story for sure. Uh, it touched a lot of hearts for people uh, for many reasons, uh, you know, good and bad and sad, all kind of mixed into one. But I guess I want to start with uh, uh, the most important news for you. For people that don't know, of course, uh, you know, you guys have been dealt a pretty tough hand, you and your wife, Lee, and your children, obviously with the passing of... Uh, of Ben and then yourself you got a, a rare form of cancer but I saw yesterday Mike you rang the bell my man which is uh, anybody who's gone through cancer has somebody who's going through cancer treatments uh, that's a pretty big moment to to ring the bell and uh, you know it says things are well I guess can you kind of give us an update on your health first yeah I'm, I'm feeling better I got to ring the bell yesterday I've been in the United States for the last nine weeks uh, doing eight weeks of radiation treatment it's a type of treatment that uh, Canada is the only major country that doesn't have it so it's been a long go, um, been a little bit tough, but I was pretty, pretty pumped to ring the bell and sort of close this chapter on my life. And what's, um, what's the cancer that you had? Uh, it was called, uh, it was a type of rare brain, or not brain, uh, tumor that was on my spine called uh, sarcoma. Okay. And so right now today, what was the diagnosis when you rang the bell? Uh, when I rang the bell, that's um, what they could do, treatments done. Uh, so now we'll just uh, follow up with, um, scans every three to six months. Every three to six months. Okay. So any idea why Canada doesn't do this form of radiation? No. no. Um, I'm not sure why it hasn't come here yet. Uh, we are working with the Ben Stelter Foundation um, to try to bring it here. So hopefully within the next few years, that's something that we can have. Um, Edmonton could be a world world leader in it, which would be really cool uh, to put us on the map for another thing. But it's seems mind-boggling because I'm not the only one that needs it. Uh, it can be used for a lot of different type of brain tumors as well. And there are a lot of families from Canada and even within Alberta that travel to the United States just for this treatment. Well, Mike, I'm, I'm guessing, I, I don't know how well-versed or educated you were in cancer uh, a few years ago, but I'm guessing you might be an expert right now, unfortunately, because of uh, Ben and yourself. And, and, you, and you, you know, you, you can see you know, how difficult it is for people who go through cancer. And the thing that always amazed me was the strength of you and your lovely wife, Lee, and your whole entire family and Ben, and it really inspired a lot of people. How how has it been for your family? Uh, you know, obviously I know it's difficult, but, you know, since Ben Pat, was it harder in a sense because you know, everybody knew about it, right? And and maybe you could never get away from it if that if that maybe is fair or not. But how was it kind of dealing with the with the after effects now after Ben's passing? It's been tough. Um, we've obviously been able to use it for a bit of a positive as well with the Ben Stelter Foundation. Uh, without everybody knowing what Ben had gone through and everything like that, uh, we wouldn't have had that momentum to 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 start up the the foundation. So it's been really tough but it's also tough sort of I, I don't know it's a there's so many pros and, and cons with it um there's a lot of nice things as well where there's a lot of families that don't have a lot of people coming up to them if they've lost a, a loved one yeah. or a child um or people thinking about them so there's hard parts with it but it's we're so grateful for the support from the community it's been unbelievable and everybody deals with grief differently mike and i, I know for me when i lost my father which is obviously no comparison to losing a son but i lost my father relatively young and for me it didn't i like talking about it it was better some people didn't want to talk about it is are you one to, is it nice when people ask you about benny get to talk or was it one where you're just like you know what i'm better not talking about it 
You know what? Uh, I think so many people are scared to bring up his name or bring up his name around us uh, type thing. We're never going to forget that we lost him and that he passed away. Yeah. Uh, we love it when someone will bring up his name or tell us a, a favorite memory of him. It's special to us and helps keep us going. Mike Stelter joins us today on uh, Who Is It When? He rang the bell yesterday after nine weeks of uh, radiation. In, were you in Philadelphia? Is that correct? Yeah, Philadelphia. In Philly. So when, what's the plan? When are you coming home? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. So uh, and the apartment all packed up. My wife Leah is here to help me get that all done and Bright and early, we'll be at the airport tomorrow with some some Thanksgiving holiday travels. Oh, gee. oh man! <laughs> Hopefully, it's not planes, trains, and automobiles for you, Mike. It is one of the greatest movies, but I don't think you want to live it in real life uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and then, of course, uh, next Tuesday is is a big game uh, at the orders taken on uh, on on Vegas. And uh, can you can you kind of maybe let us in a little bit on, on on what's planned there for hockey fights, the cancer game, and how the Ben Stelter Foundation is going to be a big part of it. Yeah, so the Ben Stelter Foundation has been part of the 50-50 going on right now. Uh, there's a few different beneficiaries. So the Ben Stelter Foundation was the first one. Um, and then I believe Alberta Cancer Foundation is stepping in. And then Movember as well, um, all on part of this mega 50-50. So there's been some awesome um, early bird prizes and that jackpot's still growing up. Uh, I know it's over 600000 now and it's going to get pretty pretty huge by the end. Um, so Get your tickets if you haven't already. And then at the game, I know that there's going to be some Hockey Fights Cancer Mittens uh, being sold with proceeds going to the Kids with Cancer Society, uh, uh, which is really cool. I could just want to point out our text line is heating up with people saying, uh, Mike is far from a letdown. So just want you to know that the listeners, uh, a lot of them saying, uh, you're a hero and an inspiration, how your family has dealt with this, uh, in, in a public way. And, and it really puts a face to cancer. I think that's what was, was so important is, you know, a lot of times we, we know about bad things, but we, we, when you see it, it really puts a face. And, and that's what Ben, I think, represented to a lot of people. I, I remember the, the first time uh, I, I kind of got tipped off that Ben was going to be uh, the, the Scotiabank player. And, you know, people had told me he was going to. And I didn't know Ben's story at the time. I just had uh, one of your good buddies uh, had text my show in that afternoon. And I said, well, hey, fans, you know, Ben's going to be out there. So make sure that, uh, you know, everybody cheers him on. And it really just... It, it took off like wildfire. Can you kind of, um, kind of take us back to how it was originally for you? And, you know, maybe I'm assuming it was a surprise. It just the momentum it built and, and how much of a beacon of hope Ben became for so many order fans. Uh, it was unbelievable. And, uh, my wife Lee and I still talk about it all the time, just how crazy it was and how it took off and how we don't even really know how it took off. Um, but that night we thought he was just going to be the skater and that was it. He was so pumped for it. We were pumped for him and just the standing ovation he got from the crowd was overwhelming to us. And for him, it was just cool. I think he was like, yeah, that's what happens here. One of the guys are out on the ice. It's, that's the way it goes. Um, and then one of the big things we remember after is he's in the dressing room and, and Hyman came up and he's like, hey, buddy, you want to go do a presser with me? And he's like, okay. And he just took off with Hyman. He didn't like check in with us or anything. He just grabbed his hand and they, they walked off together. And uh, just to see him up there was so cool. He just gave his honest answers about the game and who his favorite players were. And um, <clears throat> our phones were just blowing up like crazy that night. And then it was the next morning we really noticed when we put on some of the sports shows just to see if he could see himself on TV. And it was just on, like, everything, um, all over Sportsnet or TSN, whichever channel we seemed to have it on. And uh, that next day, my wife and I, like, we felt like we were hungover. Uh, we did not have a thing to drink the night before, but it was just such an overwhelming night. But it was so cool and just such a special night for our family. Well, I think uh, what, what was so unique about it was it was very authentic. Um, 
it was like the fans just all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know what? Uh, this little guy, we're going to rally around him. And I think, you know, his giggle is what I remember first being on the podium with, with Zach. And, and you know, I think any parent out there relates to seeing young kids. Like it's such a cute age. I don't, you know what, uh, four, five, six, every age is great. But those young ages, just that innocence. And as you mentioned, like he just gives you the real answer and, you know, doesn't think twice about it. And kids, they don't, they don't necessarily have that. Oh, well, no, this is just normal. Like, hey, I'm for every, every kid should be able to go have a press conference. No big deal, dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty cool to see sort of him becoming the beacon of hope because during all that time he was still doing radiation at the uh, the cross cancer, and I remember so many different people came up to him. Mostly older people came up to him, but one that sticks out is we were leaving one day, and this lady was getting dropped off, and she was like the car was still moving. She jumped out of like a slowly moving car. We thought she was gonna wipe out, and she's like Ben, and she just had to run up to him just to say what an inspiration he had been to her. And it was pretty special at that point just to see how he was helping these other people go through their fight and inspire them. So it was pretty special. And uh, for people watching on YouTube, we got a great little reel here of pictures of Ben if you want to see it. I recommend getting over to uh, Orders Nation YouTube to watch it. Mike, I'm gonna, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about what the, uh, you know, the goal specifically for some of the things that the Ben Stelter Foundation is doing and more on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. It's the Jason Greger Show, our special guest today on Who Is It Wednesday, none other than Mike Stelter. After 320 on Sports 1440 Orders Nation YouTube, uh, welcome back. I'm Jason Greger. Our guest today on Who Is It Wednesday, uh, none other than uh, Mike Stelter, of course, uh, uh, him and his wife Leah, the parents of uh, the late Ben Stelter that uh, many Order fans uh, became uh, huge fans of uh, a few years ago and uh, I would remain fans of today. And of course, uh, in his honor, they have uh, created the uh, Ben Stelter uh, Foundation and uh, Mike, can uh, can you kind of give us a, an update on on how it's going? Obviously, the fifty fifty going to raise a lot of money for it, which is great. But um, you know, as part of the foundation, um, how heavily involved are you? Do you guys kind of have a direction on where you want the funds to go and what you'd like to see done with them? Absolutely, um, and we're at the exciting part now where we're we're spending money, uh, which is good. Uh, so there are three main areas we're working on. The first one's the magical experiences still. Um, where it was no secret, Ben had a lot of really cool experiences. Um, we want to set these up for other kids that are awesome. going through um, tough cancer times. Um, so if, if you know anybody that is going through something tough, you can check out our website. Um, they can make the application there to apply for a magical experience. Where we can help the, the child out and sort of escape reality a little bit and forget about their fight uh, while they do something normal and fun. Uh, the next one is medical equipment, where we've just launched a new program within the Stollery Children's Hospital, um, where there's a lot of medical equipment that surprisingly isn't covered by AH&S or private benefits. Okay. Uh, one example we've used before is Ben needed uh, a walker near the end just to help him get around a little bit. It was a specialty walker. It was between three and $4,000, which seemed crazy anyways. Um, we had pretty good benefits, and our benefits said that they could offer $40 towards it. Um, which was a slap in the face, basically. 40? Uh, wow. 40, I guess. Wow. <laughs> wild. Yeah. So we want to take that financial burden away from the families where they don't have to worry about that. Mom and dad probably aren't working anyways, um, where you don't have money just to shell out for things you shouldn't have to. Uh, so we've already been buying some different medical equipment for families, uh, which has been really cool. Um, and one of the other ones is research, where we want to find better treatments and hopefully a cure one day. Uh, where we have a very cool researcher that 
moved from um, Ontario to start working within or with us um, and the University of Alberta as well. Um, so we've been funding some research as well for a liquid biopsy project that she's working on, uh, which is really cool where they can check on how treatment's going and also do a diagnosis um, based on fluids in the body. Uh, so they could be looking at spinal fluid um, or even um, blood samples as well, rather than having to do something so intrusive as a brain surgery. Um, just to get into something to see exactly what the diagnosis is. So it's there's some really cool stuff that we're working on. Uh, we have big plans to keep going bigger and bigger. Um, but so far, it started out really well. And it's exciting, like I said, to, to start spending the money to start making a difference now. Well, I, I love it because, unfortunately, you and Leah have a lot of experience on exactly the challenges that families will go through when they have a young child dealing with cancer. And I, and I think for, for a lot of people, you wouldn't know until you go through it. And then when you go through it, you see, well, geez, we got to improve this. We have to improve that. And so your, your expertise now is really going to be able to help out others, which I think is amazing. So, uh, you know, even when, uh, you know, in, in Ben's, you know, in honor and, and, and passing, he's still able to help out a lot of people, which I think is, is utterly amazing. And, you know, you think of those experiences that you're going to able to get to give to kids, right? Like, you know, sometimes it could be something simple, right? You know, obviously trips to Disneyland are wonderful, but, you know, sometimes a simple thing for certain kids, if they're, you know, they, they get a tour of the Elks room or, or the orders room, something like that just makes them, I don't think people really understand how big that can be. Absolutely. I completely agree. And, and you hit the nail on the head there. It doesn't have to be something huge. Um, there was a little girl from out of town. It was her dream to stay at a theme room at West Edmonton Mall. Okay. So we set up an awesome week for her, um, where for some people that wouldn't be it. But for yeah. her, that was the coolest thing. And it was awesome. So it's cool uh, to be able to make it come true for the, the child, not necessarily the parents so much. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was pretty special. Well, I, I think uh, as the parent, because that's the other factor. I think, you know, you mentioned earlier how some people are scared to mention Ben's name around you. And it's almost like, well, we're never going to forget about him. Like, don't be scared. And I know that, you know, I don't know why we some people act that way, but, and I don't think they mean it in any sort of negative way. They just don't understand that, hey, it's good to talk about it. And for, for a lot of parents, it's hard to, to really find someone that you can relate to. Because there's so few people that go through it. And if you are, you don't necessarily know anyone. You and Leah can even be sounding boards, I think, for those parents. Just to have like a conversation that those people might be a little bit more comfortable having because they know that you've gone through it. Absolutely. And that's sort of what we feel like we're supposed to be doing right now. So it, everything that we're doing feels right. But to be able to help build those connections for the families, are it's, it's huge. Um, because while we are going through everything... We didn't have that a whole lot where we had other families that were going through something similar. And I, I guess in a way we are sort of pulling ourselves back from uh, maybe some families where they've lost a child already, where we didn't, we weren't expecting that with Ben. We were hoping for a miracle and, and that's what we were expecting, but it's, it's wild. So to, to be there for other families like that is, is huge. Mike, how are your, how are your two daughters doing? Uh, you know, sometimes maybe we, we forget about how challenging it can be for a sibling uh, especially when you're young and, you know, your oldest daughter, you know, a, a teenager and the man, teenagers in the best of times, that's a tough age. And never mention when you have, you know, to lose your younger brother. How, how are they doing throughout all this? They're doing all right. They have their tough times with it too, obviously. Uh, teenage years are tough as we all know. We've all gone through it. Um, 
but different things that our oldest daughter Dylan's doing is, is pretty special where she'll bring some of the things with the foundation to the school and talk about Ben and try to help raise money with different events. Of the oh, school, nice. Pretty cool. um, we're a close family. We talk about them all the time. Yeah. Um, obviously. And then his younger sister, Emmy, um, she's five. She's in kindergarten this year. Um, she talks about him all day, every day, just about what he would like or different things we used to do and jokes and stuff like that, where a lot of people think she's too young. She wouldn't get it, but she gets it more than most people do. It's oh, cool. I, I couldn't imagine. Um, I used to do, uh, I did my show many years where we did at the, at the stallery and, um, you know, I met so many families who, who went through some things that, man, you wouldn't wish on your worst enemies. Very, very similar stories to, to the Stelters and what you had to deal with in Ben. And there is one story this many years later still stuck out to me how, um, the, it was his, uh, Dan was his name and his, and his lovely wife was Carol. And Carol was the one telling me the story. And she talked about how for him, he just, uh, when when their son was very sick and and he'd been very sick really from birth, it, it, you know it hadn't been great, but uh, he lived till he was six. And the one thing that he had as a father son bonding moment was they used to sit on the couch and and his son would lay on his chest and they would watch the game. Right, half the time his his son would be sleeping, but it was just that comfort. Any parent when you have your child sleep on your chest, it's his thing. And then she talked about how she could never really he couldn't enjoy the games anymore. He didn't like watching them. Is it hard for you because the orders were such a part of a connection with Ben? Or does being around the orders remind you of Ben? How does it work for you? Reminds us of Ben. Um, it was tough going back to Roger's place the first time without him last year, obviously. Um, but we know Ben would be mad if we weren't around them. He loved the Oilers a ton, obviously. And uh, I think the other big thing that helps it be almost comforting in a way is realizing everything they did for Ben, it wasn't for show, it wasn't anything like that. Um, these guys were his buddies, his friends. And just the way some people will come up to us and talk to us about Ben or what they miss about Ben or just make us feel like family still has been really nice. Um, where it would crush you as a parent if you ever thought something was just for show or anything yeah. like that. So they've been so good to us and that's that's made it easier and easier to be around. Mike Stelter uh, joins us, of course, uh, father of Ben Stelter. They have the uh, the Ben Stelter Foundation. Uh, next Tuesday is a big game uh, for the Oilers on the ice, but uh, just as big of a game off the ice as it's Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Uh, the 50-50 is all going towards the Ben Stelter Foundation. Mike at Outline, they have so many cool things to do, something just as simple as creating experiences for young kids. And uh, Mike talked about the one great example. A girl just spent a week. Uh, I'm here at West Edmonton Mall at the Fantasy Island Hotel. God, I'm an adult. I like in those theme rooms, man. Uh, that could be... Uh, Loads of fun. And, and you and Leah, you guys really are, um, you're involved heavily in a lot of the decision-making, Mike. How do you find the time? You just went through nine weeks of cancer treatment yourself. How do you find the time to do all this? I, I don't know. It's It feels like a lot going on right now just with everything, processing still going, everything, and dealing with the loss of Ben, um, going through our own treatment and everything like that. Um, luckily, everything's been able to be done remotely. And then we've had so much help from uh, Ashif Mauji and the Mauji family. Uh, they've been huge with uh, setting up the, the Ben Stelter Foundation as well. Um, and he's been a, a huge pillar to lean on, uh, where he's been taking on a lot of the load uh, to help with everything as well. Uh, but just his knowledge and expertise with setting up a foundation has been really, really good for us. Uh, we got a lot of texters wondering, um, do you have any insight on uh, what can change to get the orders back on track? 
they said they're just waiting for me to get back home and then they're going to start putting the wins together. So hopefully that happens. Yeah, no, hey, man, that would be unbelievable. Uh, Oiler fans, uh, hey, they, they love the Stelter family enough. That would, uh, that would take it to a whole new level if, uh, if the wins will come uh, when you return. You mentioned uh, you're flying home. So uh, they'll, of course, be home on Sunday uh, for the Anaheim Ducks and then uh, Vegas on Tuesday. And then they're in Winnipeg and then they're, they're home, like, I think until like December 15th or something like that. Um, but as, what have you learned, like, in the foundation, as you know where their money is, you said it's great now to, to kind of spend it. So to know where it goes, is there like a board or is it just you and like who's helping out? Who, who helps make the decisions? And I know you mentioned people can go to the Ben Stelter, uh, benstelterfoundation.com. That's the website for any of our listeners out there who know a family, uh, who are dealing with a child, uh, with cancer and, and are looking for, for some financial aid for certain equipment or maybe just an experience. But how, how do you kind of decide on, on who gets to make the decisions on on that is a board or is it is it the stelters? How does that work? No, a, a lot of the times been trying to get everything set up, get uh, our charitable status approved through the CRA, okay, uh, which is quite the process. Oh God, tell me about announce it. that we are approved now, <laughs> okay, uh, which is awesome. Uh, we are working on setting up our board um, as well, so it's not just Lee and I. Uh, we have a few people on the board already, and we're still expanding. Um, but we have people from different lawyers within the city um, and also um, a doctor within the scholary as well um, is someone that's sitting on the board. So we get different angles looking at things. Um, like you said before, you think that Lee and myself have a good perspective on where families could use the help. And I, I agree with that. Um, but it's nice to get different perspectives from outside as well, um, from someone such as a doctor at the hospital. Um, who's also dealing with these families on a regular basis or could direct us a little bit more in the research direction is is huge too so we're we're building out big and in the proper way um, which is good when you look long term where would you like the Ben Stelter Foundation to be in five years in five years um, we'd like it to be national uh, across Canada as well where there's a lot of kids and a lot of families that need help it doesn't necessarily have to be just in Edmonton, or we're helping families throughout Alberta as well right now, um, but to continue to grow out that way. Um, we have an envision that we'd love it and be honored if it could ever be anywhere like the Terry Fox Foundation, where that one is obviously massive, but it's something that's spread across throughout Canada, uh, where they're making a difference in a big way, and we want to make a difference in a big way uh, to all Canadians as well. I think that's fantastic. And uh, for your health, Ben, you, you know, you, you rang the bell yesterday. So this is unbelievable timing to have you on the show today. Uh, the first day after uh, you rang the bell and now you're doing tests uh, every three to six months. Uh, physically, though, how do you feel uh, overall? Uh, how exhausted are you? Kind of how, how do you get back to feeling normal if you can feel normal? Take, take us through maybe the next few weeks for Mike Stelter. Yeah, the next little while is just trying to get off some of these meds that have some nasty, nasty side effects. They're some of the same ones that Ben was on yeah. as well. So those are tapering down right now, which is good. Um, the doctors were surprised. They said, how am I feeling? And like, I'd have a weekly check-in. I was like, I'm getting more energy each week. I, I was pretty wiped out the first couple of weeks. And they're like, that seems backwards because usually people are like completely done by week six or seven. So I'm taking that and going with it. I'm feeling a bit better and better. Um, that way, but pain-wise, I'm feeling much better. Uh, I don't have a lot of side effects that they were worried about that I was going to get. Um, feeling a little exhausted right now, I won't lie. Yeah. Um, but the exhaustion should go away in the next uh, couple of weeks here. So it hopefully I'll be off all the medication soon and 
back to feeling normal and doing normal things. If you don't mind, um, what are some of the, the like the, the worst side effects that you get from this from this medication? Um, it just deteriorates your muscles. Um, so for a while, it was really hard um, getting up, walking around a whole lot, even to get from the hospital, like from the parking there up to the room for the treatment where I'd be going. Um, my legs have just gone to nothing. So they're coming back now. I can walk a lot more, okay. um, which is nice. One of the other nasty side effects is just the puffiness with everything right. um, and bloating and just changing how your body yeah. looks and feels for everything. So it's it's a cancer medications suck. They they help with the pain or they'll help with one thing and then they, the side effects are almost worse than the, the cause they're treating. Mike, uh, thanks so much for joining us, man, and, and for sharing your story. We, the, you know, the, the text line is... Is, uh, is humming with so many people that just uh, uh, realize uh, how... I just want to read a few of them. Hey, guys, how inspiring is this? I get frustrated with the orders, but I bet Ben would still be cheering for them despite the record. What an amazing family. If the world had more people like the Stelters, it would be a much better place. Hard not to get emotional listening to Mike. Thanks for having him on. That one comes from uh, Jason. Guys, uh, we really appreciate Mike. I hope he knows how uh, he is a beacon of hope for us at a dark time for order fans, and it really puts life into perspective. So thanks for having him on. And uh, we got a lot more text similar to that. And so I, I know you joked off the top that you were let down. I can tell you, man, you weren't uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I love sports. But uh, real life is much more important, and I think it's good to have a perspective. And, and it's good to see that even when some of the worst things you can imagine can happen, that uh, you know people still go strong. Uh, the strength that you and Leah have showed publicly and, and, and your two daughters, Dylan and Emma, is to me outstanding. So I hope uh, the entire Stelter family is proud, and I think it's you know Ben would be ultra proud, not only of, of how you guys have acted through all of it, but what you're doing in his name with the Ben Stelter Foundation. You're going to help out so many others. That is one of the greatest gifts you can give is just hope to other people. Uh, thanks, Jason. I really appreciate that. Well, thanks, man. I look forward to seeing you back in town. And, and uh, I know Oiler fans, uh, they're like, oh, my God, if the Orders win because Mike's back in town, that's the greatest thing ever. So uh, hopefully you're right on that. We appreciate your time. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. You bet. Uh, that is Mike Stelter. And uh, uh, who is it Wednesday? Um, and honestly, when, when we planned to have Mike in, I did not know. Like I saw yesterday, like I knew he was in Philadelphia and we wanted to get him on before the, the game next Tuesday. Right. That, that was the reason why we wanted him on this Wednesday. It's because, of course, uh, you know, the next Tuesday is the, is the game and, uh, all the, uh, the 50 50. By the way, you don't have to go to the game, uh, to buy your ticket, but, uh, the hockey fights cancer game is, uh, Tuesday, November 28th, uh, against Vegas. And I love what the Ben Stelter Foundation is doing. Like a simple thing of just giving experiences to kids because as, as Mike pointed out there, as a parent, you always want to have hope that there's going to be a miracle, right? You have to think that way. You don't want to give up and you don't want to think of the worst case scenario, which of course would be to lose the life of your child and, and to give them those moments, a simple one as just spending a few nights in a theme room at, at fantasy land. And, and I love that they have things for the parents and, and the family, because I think as much as it's difficult for the, for the young child, like just, the stress of parents where, you know what, you give up everything for your kids. You know you would. And you know what, a lot of times, you know what, you don't have any money coming in. And so, you know, and I love Ben's honesty. Like they were lucky because, um, you know, they got a lot of help. But a lot of people don't get help. 
And that's what the Ben Stelter Foundation does. So if you know anybody out there uh, helping children fight uh, uh, glioblastoma and other cancers, you can go to benstelterfoundation.com and uh, you can apply uh, to, uh, to get help. Or if you want to help the Ben Stelter Foundation, Right there, there's a where you can do it. Uh, you can donate to the fund. You can get. Uh, you can start your own fundraiser. You can sign up to volunteer. If you just even have ideas that you think would be good for fundraisers, they have all of these things that uh, you can go to right there. So uh, I think it's. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. And so uh, just remember that for uh, for next Tuesday leading up to it. It's uh, it's in connection with uh, Ben Stelter, and it's going to help out a lot of kids, man. A lot of kids. And what about the fact that Mike and his wife, Leah, have been doing all of this while Mike has been in cancer treatment for the last nine weeks? It's it's inspiring. Really inspiring. It's great to see. So uh, we thank uh, him and thank Kevin uh, at the uh, Orders uh, Community Foundation for helping set that up interview with Mike. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll return to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. Fitting tune, man. Fitting tune. Khan's always on the right songs. I love it. Uh, welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Uh, hey, Greg's, I have kids age 3, 20 months, and a newborn. <laughs> uh, I firmly believe life is what you make of it. However, the one thing that seems unfair in life is kids who get cancer or other sicknesses. This, ama- this interview is amazing. Good work from a teary-eyed farmer. Well, hey, man. Well said. First of all, three-year-old, 20-month-old, a newborn, Oof, you and your wife. I love the, I love the farmers. They're all into hard work. <laughs> nice, but uh, it is very true. And uh, you know what? I'm happy to, that we were able to have Mike on. And I love that he's, he's, he's vulnerable and always shares their story. And I think it's inspiring to others. And what the Ben Stelter Foundation is doing to, to help other kids and other families deal with just the, the horror of uh, – of a cancer diagnosis for your young child is uh, is utterly amazing. It's uh, that easily could have been a positive Friday guest for sure, but uh, nothing like a, a who is a Wednesday guest. And you know, look forward to uh, to seeing Mike and uh, and Lee. And I hope that uh, you know they're doing well. I love that his Mike's uh, um, uh, older sister is is you know raising money in his name. Man, that's you think about as a parent, like you know, you want your kids to excel at stuff, but man, you just want your kids to be a good person. At the end of the day, that's like the the best give, the gift they can give you, and man, that would uh, that would have uh, you know uh, Mike popping the buttons off of his shirt. I would think uh, you're just so proud. So uh, that's- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fantastic. Now, uh, we'll get to uh, lots more of your texts uh, on that uh, subject in a second. But uh, first, we're going to get to the uh, footy report uh, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the No. Payments, no interest for one full year on your furnace or even AC if you're thinking about it, but probably furnace this time of year. Go to legacyheating.ca as uh, Ben Steiner joins us on uh, just a, a gut-wrenching loss yesterday for uh, for Canada. Now, they can still get to the Copa Americas. That's good in, in a one-off. But uh, last night, uh, they would have punched their ticket. It would have been a much easier trip, and they should have. But, uh, Ben, is, as you watch that game and, and maybe re-watched it again, what, like, what was your major takeaway and how, you know, like after dominating as well as they did in the first half to just completely fall apart in the second half? Yeah, I mean, that game could have gone a, a lot better for Canada. Um they played really to their potential in that, that first half. For a while there, it looked like the Canada that so many watched and fell in love with was was back, was ready to compete again. And, you know, I, I was writing on the game, and I had 600 words on Canada being back and, and that team again. But that all fell apart really quickly. Um, unprofessionalism, a lot of, um, you know, they just couldn't see it out, maybe a little bit too cocky in the way that they approached the, the last moments of the game, uh, and it all fell apart within a quarter of an hour, really. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, it, it's, like did you, was there any tactical change that you noticed? Uh, I did notice that um, the Jamaicans focused a little bit more on shutting down in defensive midfield um, because they shifted one of their center backs to play in a bit more of a defensive midfield role. And that completely neutralized what Jonathan David had been doing for the Canadians in the first half. David had taken on a little bit more of a number 10 role, a playmaker role in that team. Uh, and he, he was pulling strings and creating space in that first half. Estacchio had dropped back a little to create space for David and then produce uh, more opportunities for Ishmael Kone to work his stuff on the ball and Kyle Laren. Uh, to get chances on goal. But once they shifted into a little bit more of a defensive midfield shape for Jamaica, um, that magic was gone and Canada couldn't find it back. And uh, the coaching wasn't there to to work around it. Mauro Biello couldn't coach his way out of the problem. What did you make of the uh, the three substitutions? Was it the right decision because you had the lead at that time? It was that 78th minute, I think it was? 75th minute, uh, a triple sub taking out Tejan Buchanan, Ishmael Kone, and Kyle Aaron, three players that are pillars of the Canadian team and three players that are going to be pillars of the Canadian team moving forward. I think it's pretty blatantly the wrong decision, to be honest. Okay. Um, I, the substitutions came too late. Canada had lost control of the game around the 50th minute or so, um, and that's when changes should have happened. That's when you could recognize that Jamaica had figured Canada out and had the momentum going their way and Canada failed to adjust to that and the changes came too late 
Uh, by the time the changes came, it was already, you know, Jamaica had a couple goals. They had the momentum, and you send in three players that have been in poor form with MLS clubs as well. Um, it wasn't the change that was needed. And then you could see and tell that the Canadian team was scrambling. Liam Miller comes in. Jason Russell Rogue comes in. Um, they're scrambling to get any attack they possibly had, but there's just not that depth of difference maker because those difference makers had already been taken off the pitch. Yeah, and I agree with you. I I, I thought it was a little surprising, especially the timing of it. It, it seemed kind of late, and then it was like, well, what are you doing? There's only 12 minutes left. Why do it now? And, uh, and, and then it's almost like, okay, now we're just going to sit back. I hate sitting back in any sport. I've never understood that philosophy. I, I would never buy into it. I don't believe it. Like you, you're leading. And even though they hadn't played great, they were still leading it. Then why you do it? So I've never kind of understood it. Now, I know this doesn't, you know, it's, it's a tough loss for Canada. Maybe it's one they learn from, but you know, now they, they have basically, it's a one-off chance, correct? Against uh, TNT. Yeah. It's a one-off chance against Trinidad Tobago in Frisco, Texas. So, not really a home advantage for either side. Uh, it's an area that Canada has played in a ton in the past. It hasn't necessarily been friendly to Canada in the past, um, but I don't think you can chalk it up to that much. Um, at the end of the day, it's a Trinidad and Tobago side that Canada should beat, but that was also a Jamaica side that Canada should beat. Is TNT an easier test for Canada? Yeah, it's going to be easier to beat TNT, but I wouldn't say it's a guarantee at this point, considering the test that that nation has given to the U.S. men's national team, yeah. who is... A lot more stable uh, at this point, leaps and bounds ahead of Canada. Um, and the U.S. even had trouble in the Nations League quarterfinal. Um, TNT got under their skin. Serginio Dest made a silly decision. He booted the ball into the crowd and got a red card, pushed away by his teammates. His teammates calling him unprofessional. It's going to be an aggravating game for Canada. I would not be surprised to see TNT get through that or maybe, you know, a close call for Canada, 1-0, 2-1 pick thing. When's the date and where's the location of that? That'll be in Frisco, Texas on, if I have it right off the, off the top of my head, March 24th, but it is in March. So March 24th, uh, so basically a neutral site game, essentially. It's a, a neutral site game. It will happen at the same time that uh, Canada could have been playing in the Nations League finals and trying to play their way to a trophy uh, with some of the best in CONCACAF, but instead they sort of have to go to a repechage tournament of sorts. Um, and make the Copa America through that, that realm. And making the Copa America is critical because those are competitive games in tough atmospheres against the best teams in the world. Yeah, and Copa America is in May or June? Copa America will be in June, okay. uh, similar to sort of how a regular World Cup would be. Okay, and um, you get it. How many teams are in Copa? Copa America is going to be interesting this time. It's going to be the 10 uh, South American teams that always compete, and then it's going to be six CONCACAF teams okay, so as well. So it might be a little bit of a tease at a potential merger between the two confederations, which has been talked about, um, but I don't think that would be great news for Canada if you're regularly taking on the likes of Argentina and Brazil. Now, if, if they merged, would they just have more entries to the, uh, to the World Cup? What would be the – because I was thinking, geez, this might be better for Canada because they get to play those nations more often. Eventually, they might get better. But, again, you could be like, yeah, they play them more often, but they have a chance to lose to them more often. So is CONCACAF not in favor of merging? Where do you, where do you, what are you hearing on this, Ben? It really depends where teams are at. A lot of teams in CONCACAF don't love the idea. A lot of teams in CONCACAF are, you know, these small Caribbean nations yes. um, that, you know, are not going to put up a fight to even a Bolivia who isn't one of the stronger teams in Comnibol, the South American Confederation. Um, but that's 
the toughest confederation in the world. I'd say it's more more challenging than UEFA just because the level is is so high among the ten teams in that confederation. Um, and CONCACAF, like, yeah, the U.S. and Mexico would love it. Um, Canada could probably get some benefit from it, too, albeit losing quite a few games. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think it's detrimental to uh, – uh, the, the merger would be detrimental to soccer in the Western Hemisphere. Um, but I do think that having this, this Copa America of the Americas is a path moving forward. Ben Siner joins us. We're talking about Canada's loss to Jamaica last night. And now, of course, we're moving ahead into March. Uh, basically, they got a one-shot uh, opportunity to uh, to get to the Copa Americas later on in June. Ben, when are you expecting and, and how urgent should it be that Canada announces a full-time coach and kind of has a plan for 2024? So the current plan, it's still on the on schedule pretty much. And from what I've heard, they're looking at uh, hiring a general secretary within the next month or so. And they've said at every step of this journey that they want to hire that general secretary and get that person at the top before they hire a head coach of the men's national team. Um, and so I, I think you're looking at earliest uh, a February men's national team head coach appointment in terms of uh, a permanent role. Um, but it could very well be Mauro Biello on the sideline come March, and that appointment comes afterwards. Who do you think would be the best selection for the Canadian men's national team? There's in a dream world and in a realistic world. Okay. Your listeners know the struggles of Canada soccer in terms of the, the financial struggles. Yes. Um, the dream world is Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, he has ties to Vancouver. His wife's family has spent a lot of time in Vancouver. He has spent a lot of time in Vancouver and has also expressed interest in coaching the men's national team. Okay. The, the thing is, he's a highly touted uh, coach from Europe, and Canada probably can't afford that salary. The more realistic option uh, is Bobby Smirniotis from Forge FC. They've won the Canadian Premier League four times. He has been a builder of that program, um, and he's also coached a lot of the uh, Canadian men's national team players at various stages of their development. So they've got a relationship there. He's the kind of coach that could kind of step in and not have to learn the group. Um, and he's also the type of personality that can instill a bit of that, that hardworking edge back into the group because, you know, that's something that Canada is missing at this moment. Ben, great recap, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, have a great one. And uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of uh, news coming up in 2024 about the Canadian men's national and women's uh, national program. Thanks for your time. No problem. Always a pleasure. That's uh, Ben Steiner. Uh, Join us uh, uh, recapping Canada. Tough loss last night uh, to Jamaica. Um, it will inf- it'll impact their seeding, I think, in the Copa America. So it probably makes it a little bit more challenging. Obviously, they just want to get there. Uh, now, though, you, you have to win. Had they won last night, they're guaranteed in. Now they have to beat Trinidad Tobago to get in. So it, uh, And there's no guarantees, as we saw last night. Should they win? Yes. But in, in one game off, anything can happen. And uh, last night was tough. It's on home turf. You've been dom- you dominated the first half. Like, I think it was, um, they showed on the film, Canada completed 27 consecutive passes before Alfonso Davies' goal. Like, that is utter dominance. 27 consecutive passes moving up and down and around the pitch. Boom, goal. And uh, you kind of gas that game. It was uh, it was less than ideal, but hey, that's what happens in sports. That's why we love it, and uh, sometimes hate it, depending on uh, which side of the loss or victory you are on. Three fifty-seven.
I'm Jason Greger alongside uh, Connor Halley. We got uh, Spec coming up next hour, Tony Marinero. Uh, we got lots of uh, questions and five questions, and we got a lot of texts. You know what? Uh, it's like a pre pause of Friday. We'll get to lots of those and more when we return after a sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. The road ready sales event is on right now. Jeez, don't wait. Get those winter tires on. The last thing you want is be slip sliding through the intersection when the snow comes because you know it's inevitable. So don't wait. 225 bucks off select tires. $50 off if you, if you book a service right now at fountaintire.com. Some restrictions apply. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.